Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Well, let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon. It is Thursday, March 30th, 2023. I'm Nick Verzellini alongside me, Colin McLaughlin. This is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, streaming live on the TV 10 Facebook page. Good show for you here today. We're going to talk some high school baseball and softball from last night and tonight. Uh, look, look forward to tonight's games. We're going to talk about the NBA MVP race. Uh, we'll preview a little bit more about the baseball season, get into the award predictions for the year. Um, Nats Orioles, we'll talk about them specifically and then how we think they'll do this season. Uh, so a lot of baseball on the show. And then uh, we'll talk about the Capitals and the Wizards as they try to make one kind of uh, last playoff push. push. Uh, but Colin, how are you today? I'm doing great. And you know what else is great? Our sponsor, Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. They're proud to be here since 1880, and I'm proud to be here today on the Sports Mix with you, Nick. How about that? I'm proud that you are here today, and imagine being in an area since 1880. That's a long time. That is a long time. It'd be longer if it was eight singular human not a business but <laughs> right i mean that'd be impossible but wouldn't be impossible because if it were happening it wouldn't be you know what you're right Colin. Um, you know that was the smartest thing you said today <laughs> that's sad because it made no sense but <laughs> talk some uh High local sports yeah. yeah high school baseball uh last night in high school baseball and softball action uh we didn't have a game we took the night off because it is a long week but uh for some teams they they had games and i i kind of want to start on the softball side for a game that surprised me i know we usually start baseball but the fact that uh maybe it's just because we haven't really got to see these teams yet at Spring Mills got the uh, 10-7 win against Hedgesville, big sectional game in high school softball. Uh, I don't know if it surprised you, but it surprised me just remembering from last year and how good Hedgesville was, a team that made it to the regional championship and uh, was eventually defeated by the defending state champions in Jefferson. But Spring Mills getting a big win on 10 runs, 10 hits. Both teams, though, fielding-wise, had three errors but Hedgesville had 12 hits and it just came down to early on uh Spring Mills was able to come back and tie things up and this really took control from there yeah uh definitely a surprising one there and I think you know you pointed out how uh you know you would be a little bit surprised about the score for spring mills winning because like we said hedgesville's been one of the better teams in the area over the last few seasons um but i think spring mills is also a pretty good start and they've been competitive early on uh and i like that we started with this one because this was an epac game you know we didn't have any other epac games last night so 
this final three innings really strong for Spring Mills, and uh, it makes things a little bit more interesting on the softball side because I think we thought that Hedgesville would easily probably get through uh, the Berk or yeah the Berkeley County section is what I'm going to call it, uh, and that may not be the case uh, with Spring Mills and how they've played early in the year, um, being a five and two team. Uh, certainly, you know, puts them as a as a competitor right now. They did lose to Washington eight to one, but you know, Washington's really tough, especially when Ruffner's on the mound. But they have a win over Musselman. They have wins over Martinsburg, and uh, they're looking pretty good right now. Now a win over Hedgesville. So you could say that they're the early favorites to come out of this side of the section, and uh, definitely intriguing. Yeah, I think we have to give a really big shout out to. Wetzel for uh she was the difference for Spring Mills in the game pitching uh all seven innings giving up 12 hits seven runs only one earned a strikeout and a walk but when she went up to bat that that was the big difference three of four with three RBIs ring also going three of four another going three of four so those three uh really helping out Spring Mills but especially Wetzel to knock off the Hedgesville Eagles yeah so Hendersonville also got a win in baseball last night. Uh, they defeated East Hardy 15-1 to in five innings. The Eagles had 11 total hits in the contest. Hendersonville now sitting at 6-3. and three. They continue uh, the momentum that they picked up with that win over Jefferson and then 8-4 uh, to four win over Martinsburg. So it's been a good week for the Eagles, Colin. Yes, it has. And I, I talked with... Uh, coach grove after that win and when we were there against uh martinsburg as it was the conclusion of the game from the 17th that they were able to come back and win i heard him say to his team you know before the week started after the 14 to 4 loss on saturday to greenbrier east and looking at this week's schedule they wanted to go 5 and 0 but ultimately he thought that was just a dream and something that probably wouldn't be a reality when you look at it against Jefferson, Martinsburg, East Hardy, Mountain Ridge tonight, and then Spring Mills Friday. But when you start at 3-0, you're already guaranteed this week a winning record. It's definitely possible the way this team has been playing, I feel like. Yeah, they were able to get a solid outing out of uh, Braylon Connor on the mound last night. So Hedgesville looks good, um, and they look how we expected them to uh they have the pitching they have timely hitting they have experience um and they have a lot of depth which i think is really key for the eagles moving forward you know they have two good catchers which helps uh they have a lot of good pitching um they have guys off their bench i mean look at the game against martinsburg you know martinsburg makes one change from the original date the 17th and uh once the game gets re restarted uh the other day and Hedgesville made like four or five substitutions and they were able to change out all those guys and and make a run and, and really play great baseball from there on out how many teams can do that around here you know you don't see a lot of teams that can go to a bunch of guys that weren't in the game and then sub them all in and make those adjustments and, and still and actually play better than they did to start the game least offensively now obviously it was you know two different days but i still think that that shows the talent of that team and, and they still would have been pretty confident with those guys that they originally started so it, it's a talented team i'm looking forward to seeing 
how things uh, play out here in the EPAC this year on the baseball side. And another team that is now starting to find its groove maybe a little bit. Spring Mills gets a win over Berkeley Springs, a comeback win for the Cardinals to win it 7-5. to five. five runs, though, in the top of the seventh. It's a win over Berkeley Springs, who we know has had its struggles this year. But for Spring Mills, for them to get a win and now to be 3-3 three and three after how last season went down, this team's competitive, this team's getting better, and they're going to be in the mix. Yeah, they are. I completely agree. And a win's a win no matter what. Uh, you look at the score, and as you mentioned, a five-run top of the seventh is what propelled Spring Mills to the win. Being down 5-2 against Berkeley Springs is probably something that you're not happy with if you're Spring Mills. Yes, you got the win, but overall, probably should have played better, allowed a little I mean, giving up eight hits to Berkeley Springs and then having two errors. You are happy, obviously, that you got the win, but you want to refocus and definitely uh, learn from it, even though it was a gritty win. It's gritty. It's not a comfortable win against a team that probably it should have been a comfortable win. Yeah, so they draw uh, Hampshire tonight, and that is a regional matchup for the Spring Mills Cardinals. And then Martinsburg softball fell to 0-8 with a 19-3 loss to Fort Hill. Uh, But tonight, Colin, we got more baseball action. And we got Martinsburg taking on Musselman. Uh, rematch of last year's sectional championship series and uh, that was really competitive back and forth dramatic games high intensity games big crowds uh, intense crowds I'm expecting more of that here tonight uh, when these two teams get together and what is a an intriguing matchup because Musman's on a five game win streak Martinsburg's now dropped back to back EPAC games how do they respond here against a uh, very talented Musselman team. Yeah, there's a lot of different storylines that you could pick and choose from to use for tonight's game, and that's what I think uh, is making me look forward to it a lot tonight between these two teams. It's a rivalry game, a county rivalry, that is, between Musselman and Martinsburg, and we remember last year did that sectional championship that you just brought up. Uh, The ending of that game was crazy, and it ultimately... um, the emotion of it all almost unfortunately led to some fights between the two teams and some fans as well. Fortunately, it never went that far, but you can definitely expect some of that emotion and the uh, remembering of it on both sides potentially coming out tonight here and there. And you look at it this year, as you mentioned, it was Martinsburg with a 4-0 start, but this week have struggled dropped uh two straight games one to washington one to hedgesville and are hungry for a win and on the other side it's now musselman looking like potentially the best team in the area with five straight wins so which side shows up tonight is it the musselman team that struggled at the beginning of the season are they still hot and are we going to see martinsburg the team that was hot at the beginning of the season are we going to see them still kind of struggling like they have been this week right And I think our pitching matchup should be pretty good. I believe it will probably be Dylan Stevens for Musselman. He hasn't pitched since the Washington game, so he's on nine days rest and 
big EPAC game and makes sense for Dylan to get the call. And then I think Martinsburg is going to go with Michael Lupus, but neither of those are confirmed. So that's just kind of my projected starters for tonight's game. So, you know, good pitching matchup on paper, uh, which should keep the game, you know, tight. Uh, but we've seen some explosiveness from the offenses as of late in the EPAC. Uh, so, you know, these are some dangerous lines. Um, I think it's a really good matchup, and I think it should be a really good game tonight. I do too, and if you can't make it to the game, we'll have it live for you right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, as well as our WRNR TV YouTube page. Uh, pre-game coverage will start at 6.40. First pitch is set for 7 p.m. at Musselman High School. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be uh, my first baseball call this year on the ed softball I, you'll be in studio finally too nick you get a <laughs> night to relax and try to follow along with all the games around the area it's true yeah looking forward to the game um yeah have a good call colin but uh thank you yeah i have think, a good time in studio i'll try my best yeah but uh i think that does it for this segment all righty don't have any other games tonight because we kind of mentioned those as we went along so Looking forward to tonight's game against Muslim once again, a uh, 7 p.m. first pitch, 6.40 pregame show. This segment brought to you by Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We'll be back for more of the sports mix after this. You're tuned in to Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. We welcome you back to today's edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini alongside me, Colin McLaughlin, as we get into our second segment we're going to talk a little bit about the MVP race in the National Basketball Association, uh, which is heating up quite a bit. And the reasoning for that, I think, is several things. One, uh, people are kind of sick of Nikola Jokic winning. This will be, if he wins, his third straight MVP award. Um, and Joel has been the running quite a bit over the last few seasons, but hasn't quite gotten the nod. And the thing that was really interesting earlier in the week, Colin, is Joel Embiid sat out the game between the Nuggets and the Sixers. So it was a great opportunity for him to potentially, you know, turn the voters over toward Embiid if they were kind of on the fence. Uh, if he were to go out and, you know, in a regular season game and dominate against Jokic, but he didn't play in that game. And I think that's what's kind of held him back from winning the MVP is he doesn't play that many games usually because he's usually dealing with injuries uh well what if i told you they've played the same amount of games this year this year has been different yeah but he missed that that crucial one you know potentially but this year uh Embiid has been able to stay healthier and that might be enough to get him the mvp it might be enough and you look at the games played for them and how much do the mvp voters typically Look at that. I mean, is it more of points per game, rebounds per game, the stats there, the dominance on the court, the efficiency in the games that they played? Do, do you take into account them only playing 62 Jokic games has played so 67 far? games this season. 
And be I was looking at the wrong person then. You're correct. My apologies. It's okay. Just wanted to correct that since. Yep. But either way, it's only a five game difference. It's not maybe as drastic as in years past when uh Jokic just played, you know, closer to the eighty two and Embiid has only played around sixty something. Um I think it is a factor because you have to be out on the court, you know, and you have to be I mean, it's a regular season award. So we know guys sit a lot in the NBA, and, and there's been all this talk, like there is every season, it seems like, about load management. You know, is it good for the game? Is it bad? I'm kind of like 50-50. I think an 82-game season is pretty long. If you're in the playoff hunt and you have a guy like Joel Embiid or Kawhi Leonard that's had a lot of significant injuries in their career and you want to rest them for the postseason at times and not have them play uh, – you know, every single night. I think that makes sense. I know it's bad for the fans. The fans play a lot, pay a ton of money to go to these games, but um, for the organizations, they got to do the best for what their players' health will be long term. And also, I think though, there's situations like Anthony Davis not playing in back to backs when his team is in the playoff hunt. They're not in the playoffs. If you're already, you know, well secured in the playoffs, it makes sense. But when you're fighting for a play in, and you're not playing back-to-backs and you're fine. You're just not playing because you don't play back-to-backs. I mean, that just doesn't make much sense to me, especially with LeBron out. But that's a story for another day. Um, the MVP, I think it's still Jokic. I mean, his team's number one in the West. He's averaging a triple-double. It's tough to argue against that. Yeah, even though he doesn't score the most points compared to Embiid, I, I agree. I think you still have to go with Jokic. Just, it's still, even though it's an MVP, you have to look at the team as a whole as well. And here and there, you, you see, even in the MLB, yeah, Otani's a great player, but the Angels haven't made it to the playoffs. So in that mindset, they look more at the player, which isn't a bad thing. Otani definitely deserved it, and I know we get more into that later with the MLB and back to the NBA right now with MVP. He's on the best team. He's the best player on that team. And as you said, he's averaging a triple-double. But I feel like it still should, at this point in the season, be more than just down to two guys. I don't know about you. I still think you should have Luka in there. I'm a Celtics fan, so I still think you should have Jason Tatum in there. And you look at him, he's played 70 games already this year, that being Jason Tatum. He was the first player to get 2,100 here. He's averaging over 30 points a game. And he's the best player on the second-best team in the East. They still have time to potentially get that one seed. They play Milwaukee tonight, so if he goes out and does as well as he did against Milwaukee again, he had 41 points the last time, if he does that, why isn't he in the conversation still? Right. Yeah, I think Tatum has been the I've been the most surprised that people haven't been talking about Jason Tatum as much I think a few things really help him uh the fact that he plays for the Boston Celtics you would think that would get him you know a little bit more talk in this MVP race but it seems like everybody's only really talked about Embiid and uh Jokic um so that's that's interesting I think and something that maybe hurts Tatum a little bit is that he's on such a talented team and what i mean by that is that 
you have a guy like Jalen Brown who's also averaging yep. 27 points per game. So you you have a very deadly one-two punch, and maybe the team could still be successful without Tatum on the floor. They maybe wouldn't be as good as they are, uh, but they would still be you know a top four seed probably in the East or five seed maybe. Which you take Jokic away from the Nuggets, and they're they're probably not even you know probably like the seven or eight seed in the West, I would say, because Jokic is such a more dominant player than anybody else on that team, and he kind of makes those other guys better around him more than maybe Tatum does. But it is a little bit surprising that him and like Giannis aren't really in the conversation, uh, and it has been more focused on the big guys, which is something that's been kind of a trend now. I mean, Embiid and Jokic have really dominated the MVP conversation over the last few years in the league that is dominated by guards and, and weight yeah, players. That, that's very true, too, which uh, makes you scratch your head a little bit more. But, but these aren't your it? traditional bigs, yeah, either. I that's mean, true. Jokic is a, a point center, which, I mean, when's the last time we saw that? Never. So. Well, I think that's also because of the way the game's transitioned, right? right? It's a guard-heavy league, so you, you need him to kind of do that if he's your best player. Yeah. That's just the way the NBA is kind of styled now. But I still think you got to give it to Jokic. Yeah, I would give it to Jokic, but you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Embiid won it because we do see voter fatigue in the NBA, and teams or voters do tend to get tired of voting for the same guy. Like... Michael Jordan and LeBron could have won way more MVPs than they That's did. True. But if you're, if you're just going who was the best player in the league at that time, but they didn't because, well, people got tired of voting for them all the time. So we'll see. But I, I think it will be Jokic at the end of the day. Uh, speaking of MVP, baseball season starts today, Colin. Uh, we're going to talk some awards. We're going to talk about MVP and Cy Young. Rookie of the Year is kind of one that – you never really know who's going to get called up, who's going to have a breakout season. So it's kind of tough to predict that, but I think we can probably make our predictions for the MVP and Cy Young. Uh, same thing with like manager of the year and stuff like that. So uh, MVP in the American League, who do you think it will be this year, Colin? I think you got to go with Otani again. I think uh, he is just a clear-cut and above different style player, better player at – both positions that he does than anybody else in the league and sometimes it's not even close i know he's the starting pitcher today in opening day for the angels and i think ultimately the way the season started with the world baseball classic has him and mike trout in a mode to maybe get off to a hot start and potentially finally lead to a playoff spot I had him. We talked about this yesterday as a wild card team. And if you want to hear our full predictions, go tune into yesterday's show after the end of today's show. But I think that you still have to go Otani in the AL. Yeah, I think the only thing that prevented Shohei Otani from winning it last year was a record breaking season from Aaron Judge. Yes. Uh, where we saw the American League record for most home runs in the season. So unless something like that happens again. I think Shohei's, and presuming he's healthy, of course, uh, I think he has to be the MVP, in my opinion, for the foreseeable future because nobody else is doing what he's doing. Um, and it's almost impossible to vote against a guy that has, you know, 
one of the best ERAs in Major League Baseball, and he also hits you know 280 and 35 home runs. It's like, how do you vote against Shohei Otani? I don't care if the Angels are a 60-win team. The guy is incredible. In baseball, like you said earlier, uh, they don't tend to take into account so much your team's record as you do in other sports because it's hard to win with just one good player or two good players in the case of the Nationals. They really or the Angels. I don't know why I said the Nationals. Uh, maybe because we're going to talk about them here in a second. But uh, they do have uh, the third baseman who played for the Nationals who I'm blanking on right now. But, uh, you know, so they have some other quality players on their team. But, uh Overall, they're really just Trout and Otani are the the two top names there, and um, I think it has to be him for the foreseeable future, unless you see a record breaking season from someone else. Because yeah, if somebody else somehow like has the triple crown, or yeah, if we or it's went like and saw somebody, runs. yeah, which I don't see right now. No, I mean it was Judge still crazy that Judge, that could do yeah. That. So I think you got to go. Otani, and that leads us to the next award, the Cy Young. And do we want to go NL MVP or do we do, want to go? Cy I don't know. Young do you want to stay AL? Well, we'll just stay AL. Why not? We'll stay AL. D- do you give it to Otani as well? I mean, he is a pitcher, and if he's the MVP, how does he not also win the Cy Young if he does great on the pitcher's mound? But I, I don't give it to him honestly. Because I feel like they wouldn't do both. I have Jacob DeGrom. DeGrom? Mm-hmm. In the AL? That's what I had. Unless I was looking wrong, I thought he was in the AL now. Or is he? Probably was still at the Mets. Unless I'm, like, missing something. But. I oh, know he's with the Rangers. You're, yeah. You're, yeah, you're correct. I forgot about that. The MLB offseason, you know. It, it was of, a weird one. It goes by, and it's like it just kind of slowly chugs along. But, yeah, he is with the Mets now. Verlander is with the – or Verlander's with the Mets. DeGrom is with the Rangers now. DeGrom's always a tough case because uh, for a lot of his career, he was having great seasons in ERAs but not necessarily great seasons in wins. That's true. And – now he's with the Rangers. They're kind of a mediocre team. I think they'll be maybe 80 wins or so. Um, they have a lot of big names on their roster now. Uh, and can he stay healthy is the other big thing. So, That's also true. You know, the American League, it is kind of a tough league usually to pick a Cy Young because it is traditionally the more – offensive league but with the expansion of the dh into the nl you know you don't necessarily believe that i don't think that's a bad pick though colin i like that pick um thank you who's your pick you know i'm kind of on the fence about it but i would i would maybe lean otani could do both this year i'd like to see that very cool i I don't i mean the only one that it's tough to do has it been done? Yeah, guys have won MVP as a pitcher. Nobody's so. ever done it as a... Well, I mean, maybe like Babe Ruth did it. Well, you know, he never won Cy Young, so... Right, that's why I, I was about to say the same thing, and I'm like, no, he wouldn't have won Cy Young. But I, I was trying to think if a pitcher has won MVP and Cy Young in the same year. We'd have I believe to DeGrom has, or Verlander has, I believe. Somebody okay. like that has. So. so, 
Kershaw, maybe? Yeah, Clayton Kershaw won MVP in okay. Cy Young. There we go. Uh, so that's where you could see it. Uh, but he would need like a really good pitching season. And he had that last year. So we'll see if he can continue to pitch, you know, in the in the two ERA range and, and that would probably be good enough. But also he's gonna need a lot of wins and, and I don't know if he'll get that with the Angels this year. That's true. So move on to the National League. Let's do it. Last year the MVP was Paul Goldschmidt, I believe, for the St. Louis Cardinals, and that's probably a guy that has a great chance to win it again this year but i think his teammate who was pretty close will get it done i'm gonna go with arenado Ooh, that, that's not a bad pick i'm going a different route and i'm going with a guy that impressed in the world baseball classic and trey turner i think uh it's going to be somebody that this year continues to really break out as a whole as a player and is a uh, the mvp of the national league yeah, I mean, that's... There's a lot that's of talent on the NL side. It's really tough to go. You could think Machado. You could think Arenado, Goldschmidt. There's a lot of big-name players on, honestly, both sides. I mean, AL, you probably go two, maybe three-player race, right? Trout, Otani, yeah. and if Judge can have a big season. Allie Rutschman. I'd love to see that, but realistically the I mean, AL the side is those three were to make the playoffs and get you know a 95 win season or something crazy then Adley could definitely be in the running presuming he has a great year but uh you know you would you would have to see probably Otani not play the whole season or something and, and obviously we don't want to see that right uh next is NL Cy Young and I think it's an interesting race as well last year we saw Sandy Alcantara win it um, I think this will be the year we see Julio Yaris make the jump and win the Cy Young. He led the National League in ERA last year. Uh, he was pretty high in wins. He won 17 games. He kind of got snobbed, honestly, of the Cy Young last year. Uh, that was second in the NL. He's had a great spring training. He's going to be the Dodgers opening day starter. He's 26 years old. I think he has a great year, and he wins the NL Cy Young for the Dodgers. See, I'm going a different route. I think it's a guy that was injured a little bit last year, still a veteran. I'm going Max Scherzer. Okay. I think he continues to uh, dominate, puts his name back in the headlines as the best pitcher still in his final however many years he has left, and I, I think this kicks off another part of a Hall of Fame career for him. Yeah, and that could be it. I mean, I like the Mets quite a bit. They got two of the best pitchers in the uh, history of the game and of the last, you know, 20 years. Uh, so if Max Scherzer's healthy, he definitely has a good chance. That's kind of a big question, though, with his age. Will he be right. able to stay healthy? So uh, looking forward to this MLB season. We'll talk a little bit on the other side of this break. The Nationals and Orioles. The two uh, regional teams opening day here in the MLB. We'll uh, preview how we think their seasons are going to go on the other side of this break. Yep, this segment brought to you by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets and design, bedding, outdoor living, family owned and operated. Visit them at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg or go to Orsini's.com back for more of the sports mix after this right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. like myself for the first time in a long time. Till I bomb. 
You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. We welcome you back to today's edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini alongside me, Kyle McLaughlin. Spencer off today. He will return tomorrow to the show. Uh, but his Washington Nationals and the Orioles. You'll hear the Nats, though, uh, on the radio following this show as they uh, first pitch at 105 for Washington here today. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about those two teams since they're kind of the regional teams. They're the teams that most of our listeners follow. And uh, just kind of talk about what we have expectations-wise for this season uh, Washington coming off of a disappointing year. They kind of cleared house a little bit, uh, but they got some young, exciting guys in some of those trades, and um, we'll see if they can show much improvement. Excuse me. I still expect them to be kind of a lower-tier team this year. Um, they do have some good young prospects on the horizon that are either on the opening day roster or going to be on the team at some point in the near future so Colin you know we've been in this spot with the Orioles and I think the Orioles are still kind of this year could be uh either you know a big improvement or or maybe a backtrack potentially just because you never really know if young players but it's probably still going to be like a 65 maybe a 70 win season if you're lucky for Washington this year uh, but when you're in these kind of transitional rebuilding years, and the Nats are used to this as well, they certainly didn't have a ton of success when they first came to D.C. Um, but when you're in these kind of rebuilding transitional type years, you're really just looking for who can be a breakout star for you, who can be a part of your team long term when you do get to hopefully successful seasons down the line. Yeah, you look at last year, team that went 55 and 107. If you can get 10 or 15 more wins than that this year, I think you should be happy, but it's going to be tough. This is still a team after the 2019 World Series championship that is now rebuilding. You still have some guys, including Patrick Corbin, who starts today, but he's not the same guy. This team is needing to go a younger route full rebuild and it's guys that you probably don't remember or potentially even ever heard of that you're going to see a good bit of this year for the Washington Nationals it's always fun obviously still though as a fan of baseball that it's opening day it's a new slate but there's not a lot of positive or high expectations for this Washington National team still and Hopefully you see a little bit of improvement here and there and can give you some better expectations for next season to go with, and that's ultimately the goal for this year, I think. Yeah, I think you take a look at their uh, 40-man roster, you see some of the guys that are close to being called up or already on the major league team. You have C.J. Abrams, who's only 22. He was once considered to be uh, one of the top prospects. He came over in the Juan Soto trade. Riley Adams, the catcher, has shown a little bit of potential. He's a 26-year-old. You have some good pitching potential. Josiah Gray, 
who they picked up in the, I believe it was the Trey Turner trade, Mackenzie Gore, again, part of that Soto trade. Unfortunately, Cade Cavalli, as we noted on the show a few weeks ago, uh, he's going to miss the season with Tommy John surgery. He was probably going to be uh, their ace this year. At least that was the hope that he would develop into the ace this year. But you kind of have those three. Jackson Rutledge, guy with some potential, a young prospect mm-hmm. there at 23 years old. Uh, he'll probably come up at some point this season. So pitching-wise, I think Washington's going to be in a good spot. They're not there yet. I think next season they could be pretty good uh, if these young guys do work out. Uh, the bats are still pretty questionable. Uh, you have Kiebert Ruiz has has had some you know good bright spots, uh, but your you know your outfield doesn't look that great. Your infield overall, besides catcher, isn't looking too promising. Michael Chavez comes over from the Pirates. I think he had some good moments last year. Jeter Downs was at one point considered a solid prospect uh, that they have for the future there on the 40-man at second base. But, you know, overall, your your infield's kind of – like the the lineup isn't that great, but I think the pitching could be solid here moving forward, and you'll see uh, over time how they develop – with the lineup guys a lot of the lineup though is is older players or kind of like late 20s players that would be role players on most teams are going to start from washington this year so i don't have high expectations i think it's a slightly better team maybe than last year's team uh but still a team that probably will be toward the bottom of the nl east if not the bottom and uh that's a tough division too so yeah that that's what ultimately probably makes it tough for the nationals even though you don't have to play a loaded division schedule now as they've opened up the mlb uh just this year to allow every team to get to play each other for the first time ever in a season that each team will play all of the other teams but when you got to go up against the braves the mets the phillies and a little bit i mean miami is definitely a up-and-coming team as well it's definitely tough for the nationals and you get to start the year against the braves here in 15 minutes it's going to be a tough season overall that i agree you don't have high expectations for let's quickly talk about the orioles a little bit they uh, begin the season in boston here uh today and when you look at the o's colin you know it's a really a year ahead of schedule for a lot of people's minds of when they would be relevant and they uh, had a great season last year considering what the expectation was. And now I think the expectation is pretty high for this young team. And I'm a little bit concerned because they didn't really upgrade the pitching staff too much. Um, they're going to start Kyle Gibson today. The hope is that John Means will be ready at some point and he can help this staff. Uh, but, you know, they let Jordan Lyles go. They go for Gibson as kind of his replacement. I'm not certain if that's going to be an upgrade or not. Uh, they do have some young pitching that's on the verge of coming up, like Grayson Henderson or Grayson Rodriguez. I just combined Gunnar Henderson and Grayson Rodriguez into one person. Uh, but, you know, Rodriguez, he didn't really do great in spring training, so they're going to start him at AAA. Uh, the hope with him to come up here at some point this year to help this team. But, the lineup looks pretty solid. Um, the pitching is is 
okay, I think, overall. And that's how it's kind of always been for the yeah. Baltimore is how's the pitching going to be? And, yeah, if Rodriguez would have had a better spring training and he was called up, you'd maybe have a little bit of a better outlook on the beginning of the season. I still think this season is going to be hopefully living up to the expectations that we as fans have set after finally having a winning season uh, last year for the first time in a long time, it felt like, for Baltimore. But without Rodriguez and D.L. Hall also going to start in the minors for a little bit, even though you saw him late last year go back and forth, those two guys and Means coming back, maybe, hopefully, by June, July, this team at the end or at the yeah at the end of the all-star break if those guys are all a part of this team could make a push but until then hopefully they just cruise right that's what you want you want them to stay consistent over 500 and then once those three guys if they all get to come up at the same time give the team a boost yeah and can they maybe make a trade here and there to upgrade the staff if they need to because um you definitely have some outfielders or infielders that could be moved. Guys like Mateo, guys like Anthony Santander, uh, with the prospects behind them. Gunnar Henderson's going to DH today. Obviously, he can play the infield. And I think Heston Kerstad had an excellent spring training, so they got to be excited about him, former number two overall pick. He's had a lot of stuff that he's gone through off the field. Mm-hmm. Uh that has kind of prevented him from really breaking out. But at 24, he looked great in spring training. I'm excited about him potentially uh, having a good year in the MLB this year, which is kind of crazy if he can make it there and maybe you move a guy and get a pitcher for them. But we'll have to wait and see. I I think it's going to be still a year where they miss the playoffs probably, but uh, continue to show some success and, and uh, get closer to that wild card spot we'll have to see that wraps up this portion of the sports mix which was brought to you by hagerstown ford revolutionizing the car buying experience buy your next vehicle online they'll deliver it to you if you don't like it they'll take it back go to hagerstownford.com for more we'll be back for our final segment of the sports mix after this right here on talk radio wrnr and tv 10 Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Final segment of today's edition of the sports mix, uh, about three minutes here or so until the end of the show. Nick Verzellini alongside me, Colin McLaughlin here. Uh, Colin. We got some DC teams to talk about that are coming to the end of their season. We just spent some time talking about the Nationals' beginning of the year and really their season outlook. But uh, the Washington Capitals, they lost last night in shootout fashion to the New York Islanders 2-1. to one. Uh, The Caps are still technically alive, but it would be five points deficit of a bunch of teams tied for their spot right now in the uh, – East uh, with seven games left. So tough stretch. Can Washington do it? Can they get into the wild card and steal from Pittsburgh? I would say it's pretty unlikely, but 
Still mathematically possible. Quickly before I get into that, this segment brought to you by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. They're located at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. You can call them at 304-263-4343. And even though as a fan, you always want to see your team in the playoffs, uh, Washington's a team that does not deserve to be in the postseason the way they've been playing this year. Um, and at the trade deadline, you could tell that they were kind of giving up. But yeah, mathematically, they have a chance. But you look at the remaining schedule, and they don't. You got the Lightning tonight after back-to-back games. I mean, you just lost to the Islanders. Now you have to travel to Tampa Bay to play tonight. Then you play the Rangers. The Canadians, you should be able to beat. The Panthers, a team that's battling with you. The Islanders again, Boston, and then the Devils. You look there and you probably only have two, three wins. You're not getting the wild card. You're down, what, we said five points to Pittsburgh. They're at 82. Yeah. And there's a bunch of teams that are all tied. There's a lot of teams that are fighting for it. The Capitals will not be a team that makes the playoffs. And if they were, they'd probably get swept in the first round anyway. Yeah, they really don't want to be there. Well, the players do, but like, and the coaches, but the management's kind of like, hey, we're just kind of going into next year. Um, the Wizards are in a similar situation. They're two games back of the play in, but I'm looking at their schedule. They only have two games that they have a better record than in Orlando and Houston, so I don't think they're going to make it either. I don't either, as this wraps up today's edition of the Sports Mix. Tune in to some high school baseball tonight as the Muscleman Appleman hosts the Martinsburg Bulldogs at 7 p.m. pregame coverage at 6 p.m.